camogie would have been the the first thing I picked up when I was young. Um, my dad would have played with Limerick, um, so it was a huge part of us growing up. Um, he's a national league medal in seventy one. Um, so I heard he was put in my hand from a young age. I was down playing with the boys and when I got a little bit older then I started playing football and secondary school then I picked up the hockey and immediately took off at that as well. So it was all go, it was busy, busy, but it was great. I loved any every minute of it. Yeah, I went to Netherlands on my Erasmus. So I suppose playing with Munster under 16 and under 18 and I would have trialled for Ireland at the time, but unfortunately never made it. Um, possibly due to the lap over with camogie interfering and never concentrating on one thing but for my Erasmus I kind of took the opportunity that I would go to the Netherlands to try and up my game to to hopefully possibly make an Irish squad when I came back now unfortunately that didn't work out I was on the under 21s for a little while but then with the injuries and everything else it was it wasn't meant to be so unfortunately it must be nice to look at the hockey now and see the coverage it's getting and all the girls oh, that, where they're where they're getting sure. to. I would have played with all of those girls underage, Roshan Upton and Naomi Carl, and they're two fantastic ambassadors for women in sport um, in Limerick and represented their country so well. To make you pick, if you were to pick the camogie, the football, hockey, which do you love the most? It's the million dollar question, you know, everyone always asks me. Um, I suppose in 2012, um, I took a step back from the football because it was just too much. Um, we won the Giles Cup with Mary I in 2012. And after that, I was kind of concentrating on the camogie and the hockey. So between the two of those, I was busy enough. But, you know, I, I, could, ne- I could never really pick. I suppose there was times <laughs> when... I wanted to concentrate on the hockey when there was opportunities to make international teams. But then when the camogie comes back around and they're asking you to come to this training, that training, that, that match, you just go and it's part of your, your upbringing and your childhood and your roots. So I could never really choose. When I was playing camogie, I loved camogie. And when I was playing hockey, I loved hockey. So yeah, it's an unfair question on me, isn't it? It's an unfair question, yeah. But I, that's the answer. Like I loved both of them and I still do love both of them um, probably equally. Yeah, of course. I know it looked plenty of ambition and drive and lots of medals behind you and under yourself, but it wasn't always rosy for you. No, definitely not. Definitely not. There's a lot of bumps along the way. Injuries, surgeries, rehab, yeah. setbacks. Yeah. Take us back to the first uh, setback you had. Um, the first injury I would have had would have been in, in 2010. I was only 17 uh, doing my leaving cert in school. So at the time, I would have been playing um, uh, football and camogie with Limerick and then I always would have also would have been playing in the IHL, the top division with Catholic Institute. Mm. I remember I, I was playing a camogie match on the Friday evening and we were due to play IHL on the Saturday. We had a really big game. Um, so I went out, played the club camogie match on the Friday evening. Uh, I was playing centre-back, was doing really well and next thing, it was a wet night, my knee just turned and snapped and I knew straight away there was something wrong so I missed obviously the hockey match on the Saturday went and got it checked and it was my ACL Um, it was very disappointing because I missed my last year of minor which was a huge deal you know it's your last year of underage camogie because obviously there's no under 21s um, for the women so I would have missed my last year but I had um, a straightforward rehab I was back I was in the gym every day like if I was told to stand on my head I'd stand on my head you know I did everything by the book and six six months later I was black 
playing camogie, playing hockey, playing everything again and I was fine. Good. Now with the ACL, I know a lot of people do it, a lot of players do it nowadays. What's it like? Do you remember that first initial snap? Everyone says it's... Yeah. Can you describe the pain? I do. Yeah, I, I do remember it. I remember... Um, so as I said, it was in the Pearshig. I was playing centre-back. Um, the ball was on the ground. I got it into my hand and turned and went to go. My foot stuck in the ground and you just hear a... <coughs> You can hear a click and I just went to ground immediately. My knee was completely swollen. I couldn't even ho- hobble off the pitch. I remember my dad drove his car in um, along the side pitch of Napiershig and I was brought into the car from there. So, yeah, it is a pretty memorable moment, that that initial snap, yeah. That was ACL number one. ACL number one. <laughs> and the plot thickens from there. The plot thickens. Go on, tell us. So, as I said, got back normally, um, was playing both hockey and camogies, playing IHL with Catholic Institute, was playing camogie with Limerick, camogie with Mary I. Um, um, as you touched on, I went to Holland then as well. So, with the camogie and the hockey, um, we, I would have, say, played IHL with Catholic Institute on a Saturday and then I'd be going out to play a Camogian. league with Camogie on a Sunday, playing Cork or Kilkenny or whoever. So 2013, um, we had a really good year. We got to the All-Ireland final and unfortunately we were defeated. Mm. Um, I then went and did my Erasmus semester, but I, w- I was between doing the full year, but I knew that Limerick were going for the Ar- All-Ireland that following year, and I just, a huge part of me didn't want to miss out on that, even though I was trying to focus on the hockey, and it was always like trying to juggle two balls, but I came back anyway after the first semester and was back playing IHL with Catholic Institute and Camogie League with uh, Limerick. So that was great. We were doing really well. And March 2014, uh, we were playing uh, Kilkenny in Nolan Park. I was playing half back. Um, it was a great old match. And I remember I just got a ball and I turned and my knee kind of went from under me. It was nothing horrific, nothing serious. It was just more of a twinge. I went to ground, the physio ran in and I got up again. I ran it off. Um, it was in the first half. I ran it off and... I ran on again, it kind of went from under me again and they came in and they said, look, better safe than sorry, we'll take you off as a precaution. That was fine. Physio examined me, everything seemed to be fine. There was no swelling. Um, So I was just diagnosed with a bit of, a small bit of bruised cartilage. Um, So I continued on playing. Was training, continued to play matches in the league, albeit I was strapped up a little bit because I was getting a, a bit of pain in my knee. And eventually my dad sat me down one day. He was like, you're not moving right. I know by you there's something wrong. And I was like, there's nothing wrong. The physio has said that it's a bit of cartilage damage. He was like, look, we'll just get an MRI and just put my mind at ease. I was like, right, if you make you shut up and leave me alone, I'll get the MRI. So lo and behold, got the MRI and my doctor rang me. And I can, I can remember I was driving into Ennis Road. I remember it so well. He rang me and he was like, are you OK to talk? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. He said, are you driving? And I said, yeah, I'm driving, but I'm fine. Like I was like, he's nothing to tell me anyway. It's fine. He's like, you're in trouble with the knee again. And I was like, oh, what is it? A bit of cartilage. Sure, I knew that already. And he said, no, Katie, the ACL is gone again. I said, oh, no, it's not. Sure, I was training last night. It's not. He's like, no, the, the MRI is back your ACL is gone again. So I re- immediately rang my 
club mate David Breen he said look that he would get um one of the radiographers to have a look at it for me so he rang me back and he was like look idiot it is gone they've confirmed and I was like but how am I playing matches how am I training like it just mm. made no sense I you didn't was feel fine. it you didn't I didn't feel it so I went to see a surgeon up in Dublin and he said look your ACL is torn your knee is that's why your knee is a little bit unstable and giving you bother he said it's really, really unusual that he's only seen it in a, a couple of times in his lifetime where a person has snapped their ACL and and continued to play and function with it. Like, as you know, like mm. a lot of high profile players would have tried to do it. Henry Shefflin, etc. But they just physically couldn't. But he said that. I'm like in the minority that my knee because it was a graph ACL when it snapped it's the second time it just had a completely different reaction because it's not part of your body um so it didn't swell up and there was no major pain so I said look what am I going to do we're going for the All-Ireland with Limerick this year he said play your All-Ireland and we'll get it done after the All-Ireland. So that's what I did. So I, that's that year. This yeah. is All-Ireland final day and you're above in Croke Park. Torn cruciate. Torn cruciate. Torn cruciate. Knee strapped up. Um, played the full match. Got on grand. And then um, great celebrations. And got the ACL done then in the October after the All-Ireland. So... You basically were playing on a torn cruciate constantly without probably no one else are able to do something like it because you said it's something that not happens to a lot of yeah. people. And like, were you not afraid of doing more damage or were you? can you do any more damage well, than what you did? You can. So this was, obviously my parents were hugely concerned about that and it was brought up when we met the surgeon and the surgeon said to me, black and white, he was like, life's for living. You could get hit by a bus in the morning. You could do more damage to your knee, but you mightn't. But in actual fact, I did do more damage to my knee in one of the championship matches. I gave an awful turn on it in July and I did a really bad job on the cartilage. So I actually missed out on the All-Ireland semi-final and wasn't sure if I was going to make it back for the final after all my work on it since March. But um, in the event, I got a cortisone injection that just about scraped me through scraped me through the All-Ireland final. Thank God. Um, that's what I did and it was worth it. Of course it was. You yeah. have an All-Ireland medal to your yeah. name now at home hanging up somewhere nice, yeah, I presume. yeah. yeah. Uh, can you remember the celebrations before we move on to the next setback? Oh, it was super. I just remember, like, you know, you're playing up there with your best friends. Like, two of my best friends growing up would have been Sarah Carey and Judah Mulcahy. And just to win um, in a place like Croke Park, surrounded by your, with your best friends by your side, like I'd... I Judith cornerback and Sarah was centre back and I was half back and I just remember hugging the two of them after the final whistle and it's just a surreal I'm feeling. I've seen the picture. One that I one that I really treasure, yeah. Of course you do, and it's nice to have those memories as well. Definitely. Besides, because you do have nice memories, you know, yes. like you have that will stand out for you a long time, I presume. Yeah. But you went, you got the operation, and you're back in the road to recovery. Yeah, so I had the operation in October. I had the ACL reconstructed and then I had um, a microfracture procedure to my cartilage that was also damaged. So the surgeon said to me, look, the operation went well. You should be back playing the following summer. So that was fine. You know, sometimes when you get injured, you get really stuck in a rut and it's hard to still be part of the group. But because I knew that October that I had to get the surgery done, I had my All-Ireland in my pocket. 
um, I knew in my head that I was going to miss the league that year yeah. and my mind was set for it so that was fine um my my goal was to be back for championship so i still stayed very much part of the group i went on the buses to all the matches that year and everything and coming closer to championship then my knee still wasn't right i still couldn't run properly i still was very restricted so the surgeon was saying look it's a cartilage damage it's going to take a little bit longer than we thought to heal so i missed out on championship that year but again i stayed involved i was mm. with the team um went to all the matches and then i took that winter to go okay i'm really knuckling down with the rehab now not that i wasn't i had done everything, everything. right but i has i kind of said okay over the winter now i'll i'll get it sorted I'll be fine. I'll be back for January. It's just going to take a little bit longer. I just have to be patient, go through the re- rehab and I'll be back playing in January. So this would have been January 16 then. So then the Limerick team are back kind of training, um, training for a league and uh, they had played the league, I think, and end of spring, I kind of said, OK, I'll try go back for a session because I had done another few months of rehab and my knee still wasn't great but I said look I've done everything I'm supposed to be doing I'll just try going back again so John Tui the Limerick Morgan manager at the time had been on to me all the time inviting me back and getting in touch with me so I remember going back to a, a Camogie session up in Mary Eye and I did the warm up and whatever else and I just knew the whole way through my knee just wasn't right and Midway through the session, I just said, uh, I can't. And I went into the dressing room and my friend Sheila, one of my good friends, Sheila, came in with me and I just started bawling, crying inside the dressing room. I was like, it's just not happening for me. I don't know what to do. Like, I've done a, like nearly two years of rehab at this stage. And that was then when I went back to Dublin again. and Back to meet specialists. And I was set up with... Um a very high up physio in Dublin to do um, sessions with him. So I was going to him every couple of weeks and he was giving me programs to do back down in Limerick. We came to May then 16 and I still wasn't running. This is a good year and a half now after the surgery. And I went up to him. I had a very tearful session with him and I just said, look, what do I need to what do? do? I, I have said, to if, do? I was, if I was a professional player and I had no job, no nothing. What would you be recommending for me? He was like, okay, in an ideal world, you would do a one-on-one session with me every single week. And then you'd go home and do three sessions on your own that week. I was like, fine, do let's do it. I'll do it. So I was finished college in May. So I drove up to Dublin every Monday and came back down to Limerick and did my surgery three times a week. So I did that for May, June, July and August has been all been funded out of my own pocket like with the help of my parents um so come August I still couldn't run I like I had made no progress whatsoever so I sat down with the physio and I was like this is a joke I was like I'm coming up to two years nearly now I've done every single thing that I've been asked to do how I'm not making progress mm. And he said, oh, this, that, the other. I said, no. And I, I was getting ratty. Like, I had had a very good relationship with this particular physio up until this point. Mm. 
but I had thrown my heart and soul into this summer. I took off work. I took off everything. Everything was changed. My diet did everything. Nothing worked. So I said, I want another MRI and I want to go back to the surgeon. Mm. Lo and behold, I got my MRI and went into the surgeon and got a kind of very blasé response was told oh you know sometimes the surgery works and sometimes it doesn't and I'm like well I've been up to you maybe six times now this is the first time you've ever mentioned a surgery not working and he kept putting it down to the cartilage damage she was like look you've had this cartilage damage the ACL is good but you've had this cartilage damage she referred me on to a cartilage specialist the cartilage specialist referred me on to someone else and basically up there I was being sent in sent in circles so I got on to my club mate David Breen that I had mentioned earlier who's now working in wasps over in London Um, he was like I'll set you up with a surgeon over here um, he was so good to me, um, sent me up with a surgeon that's linked with wasps um, and fabulous man, Sam Church. So I went over there in November 16, we are now, and the surgeon took one look at my MRI and one look at my knee and said, your ACL is put in completely wrong. And I was like, what? Like I thought, because I was being told that it was a cartilage, it was a cartilage, it was a cartilage. And he was saying, no, you do have the cartilage damage, the cartilage damage is there and you have extra cartilage damage because you've been rehabbing for two years on a completely unstable knee. What you need to get done ASAP, your ACL needs to be retaken out and put back in and then these cartilage problems can be looked at. So and he said, look, I can't do it for you here because of the logistics of getting on a flight, etc. He said he's a really good colleague in Belfast that will do it for me. So that's what I did. January 17, now we're up to January 17, went up to Belfast and had reconstruction. my third, re- re- third ACL. So it was a re-reconstruction. And the surgery was horrific. This normal ACL surgery, I think, uh, standard takes an hour and a half. My surgery took seven hours. So that was three, three ACLs three later, ACLs. like two and a re-reconstruction. Yeah, so generally, like the guy in Belfast was very straight up with me. He's like, look, generally um, people don't come back from something like from this. a third ACL, not to mind the amount of cartilage damage you have on top of that. He was like, I can make your day-to-day life better, but as regards competitive sport you probably have maybe a 60% chance of returning to do any type of competitive sport so he was very honest with me in that sense and I appreciate while it was heartbreaking I appreciated that honesty because between 2014 and 2016 I was just getting people throwing exercises at me saying do this do that do this do that Mm. and I wasn't getting better and people were asking me How's your knee? When are you back? When will you be and playing? Like, I don't know. And like, in some senses, it would have nearly been easier for someone somewhere along that road to just be like, Katie, you're not going to play anymore, you know, or just give me a straight up answer. But I mm. never got that. So when I went to Connolly in Belfast, he said, look, your chances of playing are, are low, but I can make your knee better. Um than it was yeah I know no look it's been obviously tough that was a tough two kind of years for you there right but you mentioned that it was important you went on the bus you went to the training you went to the matches how important was still being part of that team well 
see that was the thing the year after the All-Ireland I didn't mind being part of the team because you were I involved assumed and knew that I was going to be back that summer it, it wasn't like that I thought I would be back that summer I knew I would it, it was it wasn't like a dream it was an expectation I was going to be back that summer but when things started to go pear-shaped then the following year and things weren't working out and I wasn't getting answers and I wasn't back training and I wasn't where I was supposed to be I really pulled back from it because I found it so hard to go to training and watch all my friends playing and go like go into the matches like it was torturous so I completely just pulled back from it altogether because I just found it way too hard to to cope with it my my way of dealing with that pain was to just step back from it and then it has a huge impact on other aspects of your life, like even socially, because you're not meeting your best friends two and three times a week. And then when you do make the effort to meet up with them outside of training, they're talking about Komogi. And like, that's not their fault. Mm. It's their lives. They're talking about Komogi and I'm there just going, well, what can I even say? Like, you know, they're mm. talking about Komogi and I'm here. I don't know if I'll ever play again. Like, and mm. I have no answers. Take your time. So yeah, that that has been probably the most difficult part. Um, take your time, you're fine. I'm sorry, no, take your time. Yeah, it was difficult. As I said, I don't know if it's the right or wrong thing to do, stepping back from from being involved, but it was the only way I knew how to cope at the time. Um, obviously that has changed now. I'm back playing this a small bit with the club, so. I'm I'm more involved that way and it's great to be back socially but yeah that was hugely difficult that time um I just had to throw myself into other things I was doing the masters in Mary I and I was teaching in that and I was really focusing on my gym work still trying to get the knee right but you know the gym it's a really isolating place like mm. I can remember so many times like over the course of my rehab that I pull up outside the gym and I would literally just be in my car crying, trying to psych myself up to go into the gym because you're going in. I, I've been doing these exercises for two years and I'm still here in the gym on my own. All my friends are out training on a pitch and I'm still here. So it's very tough mentally. Like it was, yeah, it still is like I'm obviously. No, of course you can see you're visibly upset. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Look, it's sport is a big part of people's it's life, Katie. You like, need to you know, when you're so invested in it the way I was, like I knew nothing else. I did nothing else, like through school, like I didn't go out to many discos or mm. I wouldn't have gone on weekends away or trips or even through college. I think I was saying to someone there recently that I went out, I think, four college nights over the course of a four year undergrad in Mary I. I did four college nights mm. because I was training. I had sport. no interest in it. Sport was my everything. It was all I ever wanted to do. And like when you're that age and you're winning and you're getting on great, you think it's just going to continue. You think it's going to go on. And like you imagine it... yourself playing with Limerick for 20 years, getting on teams and playing hockey. And you just, it's, it's not even a dream. It's just an expectation. This is what my life is going to be. And then when it's ripped from under you, like you completely lose your identity. Like you're Katie Campbell, the camogie and the hockey player. But now what am I now? I'm not anything like your identity is gone. 
Um, so yeah, it's been very, very hard. No, yes, take your time. Um, I can't imagine how hard it must have been for you. Like you can clearly see it visibly gets to you still and, yeah. you know, mentally it must be draining. Like not people barely come back after one and here yeah. you're after two, three, you know, yeah. and it's just very difficult. But who during that time was your support? What was your drive for maybe trying to get back to where you were? I suppose from when I had the surgery in Belfast in January 17, um, I was quite conscious of the fact that I had done nearly now two and a half years of rehab very much alone by myself besides obviously those few months where I was traveling up and down doing the one-on-one. Um, so... David Breen, I can't, I can't honestly thank him enough. He's, he's an amazing guy, and it was so good to me, so supportive to me. He was in Wasps, but um, mm. he would be home every couple of weeks. He, he was training with Napierstic at the time, so he was flying home every couple of weeks, and you know he'd give me a text when he's home, okay. and he'd be like, "Oh, I'd be meet you down in Napierstic." Um, he'd do a session with me. He'd give me all my rehab. Like I'd be literally trying to throw fifty euros into his pocket. Like he wouldn't take anything from me. Like he was just, he's just such a club man, and he's just such a a, a generous guy. Um, so he he helped me set up all my programs, and I did them. And then you know I was kind of talking to him. And I was saying, would it be better maybe to try and set up an SNC to kind of just give me that extra Export. extra push I need? Because I was going to the gym, I was doing everything. But as I said, like two and a half years slogging on your own is mentally draining. Like I was like, if I had someone there, do you think it would help? So Dave said, leave it with me. So he set me up then with um, Dara Droog. Um, was SNC with Piershig at the time and he was just absolutely incredible to me did one-on-one sessions with me about twice a week and I just kind of like started to enjoy the rehab then a bit more and you know I was kind of going to the rehab looking forward to the session because I knew that Dara was going to be there to push me and guide me through everything uh, rather than going and being stuck in the car being like oh I have to go in here myself yeah taking me 10 minutes to get out of the car and then when I get out of the car taking 10 minutes to get into the first set of exercise whereas when I met up with Dara I was like okay we're doing xyz and it was go 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 and it was really enjoyable again so we used to do pitch sessions in UL and Napierschig and we used a gym in Napierschig as well and got back running with him my knee had felt the best it had felt since I suppose 2014 then summer it took me a full year obviously the surgery was very traumatic it took me nearly a full year to be back doing proper running sessions on the pitch but I was doing them and I was doing them really well um then I had a very unfortunate setback um during the summer I injured my foot and that set me back maybe four or five months of running so January then 19 I was kind of recovered my foot injury and kind of catching back up then a bit on my running and I said okay like I think feel like my knee is as good Obviously, I don't get me wrong, my knee wasn't perfect, but it was a case of, do I go for it and try and play a bit of club or do I accept that my knee is not good and just enjoy going to the gym? And I kind of had this struggle because if right is right, I shouldn't be going back playing anything. Okay, my mm. knee isn't 
is no in, fit state. Is in no fit state to be playing anything. But I've worked my behind off for over four years now. All I want to do is play. It's the only thing in the world I love. I feel completely like lost, incomplete without my sport. So do I just give it a whirl? Bit of club camogie. See how I got. See how I get on. So I remember ringing um our club camogie management. Sure, they were absolutely delighted, and I was saying, "Look, will you just talk to the girls and say t- let them know that I'm coming down. I'm going to be dipping in, in and, out. and out of training, but that it doesn't mean that I'm. It doesn't mean that I'm back. I'm just trying it for a few weeks to see how I get on. So lo and behold, I went down and there was a challenge match like the following week. I remember going down. They were like, "Oh, you playing the challenge match next week?" I was like, "Oh, girls, like didn't my Dave ch- not say give me a chance?" Like, but I remember, I remember my first night going back training and. And I remember I was over in my mum's house and I was like, I don't even know where my helmet is. Like, So I took my helmet out from under the stairs and when I took my helmet out from under the stairs, I just started bawling, crying. I was like, I can't believe that I'm taking it back out and then I'm actually going training again. Like the hurlies are in my hand helmets in my hand the booth like I have my gear back and I'm actually going training it was just like raw raw emotion like that I actually have now got to this point you know mm. so <laughs> so yeah so I went back uh, training a little bit with club um, last spring and then my first outing was in June there was a sevens competition a monster sevens competition down in Napirshig so that was my very very first outing and it was it kind of really suited me as a first time back playing because sevens it's it's very open you've a, you've a lot of space and it's roll on roll off sub so if I got sore I could come off for a minute a few yep. minutes and go back on so that after was after five years how did you feel you're absolutely yeah. amazing it was surreal you know it really was surreal um like I didn't know whether to smile or cry you know it was kind of a mixture of the oh, two well, because it was something that like the injury had consumed me for so long and in some ways it still does but to finally to finally break that barrier of being back on the pitch with a hurley in your hand and running around and putting the ball over the bar it was just brilliant yeah um so played that in june and then played club championship august and september hey. this year. yeah so my first full championship back so it was lovely i remember seeing the tweet at the time you got a lot of support online yeah i did it was great now i was kind of i wouldn't be a huge hugely into social media so I was kind of toying with the idea of putting it up or not and my mom had put something on Facebook about how proud she was and everything else and we were down in the club after one of the matches and all the girls were sharing it and they were like why don't you put something up and I was like 
oh I don't know they were like will you go on go on like it's so unreal that you've done whatever so yeah. they were all there with me and I was like god what will I write like all the young ones you know they're really good on yeah. social Captions. media so I was like you you um you caption it for me there but there was a few over max and eventually I locked up the courage to do a tweet so yeah no it was great and um, to see the support there's so much goodwill out there and so many people were so happy to see me back in action because I suppose there was so much uncertainty with my knee that in ways a lot of people assumed that I just wasn't going to play again so you'd meet some people and they'd say oh you're gone finished with the knees is it and I'd be like oh yeah and then you'd meet other people and they'd be like oh when are you back playing and I'd be like oh. you know and like nobody, <laughs> no one nobody, knew what to say but but nobody could say anything right because everything hurt and then if they didn't say something I'd be like they never even asked me about my knee you know like there was no, no winning one you know, was everything winning, was yeah. wrong like you know in tough times yeah, you know and like it certainly was even people in the club helped you out it's not Nice. Yeah. You give David and Dara, I know Dara as well, I know how yeah, good Dara is. So fantastic. And also, sorry, forgot to mention Donica Ryan. So obviously David was back with Wasps and wasn't home then as frequently. So I was seeing Donica Ryan then in Midwest Physio as well, and he was just incredible to me as well. Really helped me along the way. And he kind of gave me that push to be like, Look, Katie, you've done so much work. You're gonna have pain. Go and play, go and enjoy it. Because obviously there was so much nerves going back mm. out onto that pitch um but no he helped me and supported me so much as well so those three people and have to mention my mother as well who was with me through the whole mental side of it of course um, uh listen to the tears and everything else that went with it so those three lads and my mom definitely got me through it yeah have you your identity back Kate Camel the camogie player <laughs> in a way yeah you know it hasn't worked out the way I would have hoped it to of work course. out, obviously. And my goalposts have had to change along the way. Along the way, you know, when I initially got injured, my goal would have always been to have been back playing camogie with Limerick and back playing hockey with my club, Catholic Institute, and possibly more. But as I said, my goal with with the different complications I've had, my goalposts have changed. Um. So I'm back playing club and I'm enjoying that. I remember someone asking me, I was speaking with someone in January about New Year's resolutions and I'm kind of a bit, I'm not really into New Year's resolutions. I kind of, I'm like, if, if you want to do something, you have to do it all year round, not just in January, but they were asking me, oh, do you know, like with sports now, do you not have any sporting resolutions for the year, like with the camogie? And I was kind of thinking and I turned around and I just said, no I was like I just want to enjoy it this year you know that's that's my resolution to enjoy it because I've been as I said I've been so upset and this is mm. this injury has consumed me and has caused me so much pain for so long that I'm back playing a small bit now not to the level I would have hoped not, um, but I just want to enjoy it yeah, you're dead right. And for the mind and the social scene and to be there at friends and not feel alone, I think it's the right thing to do for you. Yeah, you know, definitely. go back, give it a bash, just enjoy it yeah. because there's no point sitting at home now and thinking shoulda, woulda, coulda. You've, yeah. you've gone out there and you're giving it yeah. your all. Yeah, exactly. So it's amazing looking at how everything else is in the world with Camogie. It's good seeing it going in the right direction. Yeah, it's fantastic. Look, there's, there's so much coverage of it out there now and in a sense maybe this seems a bit a bit selfish and i know nope. most a lot of elite athletes are 
that little bit selfish, but you kind of look back at your time when you were playing and I look back at, at my time and like we didn't get any coverage for anything we did. Mm. And now I know it's absolutely fantastic for the girls and I'm delighted for them, but it's a little bit bittersweet that you don't really feel part of that. Now, I know I'm playing club, but you don't really feel part of that 2020 with the Limerick Camogie team or the hockey because you're not as involved or in as deep as you would have been before. So, um, but no, it's absolutely fantastic for those girls and to see them getting the due recognition. Like it's it's long, it's long, long, long overdue. Look back at the likes of Vera Sheehan, like and what she achieved in her camogie career. Like you know, I would have loved to have seen her all over the papers and over of the course. you know in, in her time. And it has taken a long time to come around, but it is around now and hopefully it keeps up because, you know, as the girls put so much effort into it, just as much as the boys. So it's just fantastic to see them getting the the well-deserved recognition and long may it continue. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was lovely having you in and if you share your story. I know it's not easy if you're first time ever talking about it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did, you didn't uh, do too bad. Oh, you, thank you. You thank didn't. You. No, we needed a box of Kleenex. So sure, look, these things will happen. <laughs> Just a few. I think only three, was it? <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Um, so hope much. to get you on in the future. Maybe we'll learn to have you on again. All right. Yeah, Thanks thank for you joining so much, us. Valerie. Take care.